KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Stone's Throw with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of sight this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw today Today is June the 5th, 2018. I hope you've had a moment to uh, to go to vote. Uh, <laughs> as as a George W. Bush once said, when, when he was a governor, he said, uh, the future will be better tomorrow. We hope so, we hope so. Never mind, never mind. I had planned to uh, talk about a movie called The Tale. It's on uh, cable television at the moment. Stars Laura Dern, Ellen Burstyn, uh, John Hurd. It's it's a hideous film. I, I hesitate to recommend it. It's about the psychic scarring. Uh, that adult adults uh, suffer from child abuse. Um, the end of the film, you see Laura Dern seated on the floor of a toilet with a little girl seated next to her. It's herself as a child. Uh, oh, that was a spoiler. Pardon me. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do film study folks. Uh, I don't review. I don't do four stars this and two stars that. I like to talk about whether these films are any use to us. Uh, we we frail progressives always looking for the good word. Anyway, uh, I may get around to that soon. I need something to cheer me up after watching that movie The Tale. Uh, uh-huh. I think I'll go to Samuel Beckett, yes. That is the best use of my half hour today. Start to finish, Samuel Beckett. I think of Sam as my literary mother. Gertrude Stein as my literary father. You know how that goes. Sam Beckett was born in Dublin early in the 20th century. Spent most of his life in Paris, writing in French, later translating his own work into English. 
His play, Waiting for Godot, brought him international fame. I remember when it hit in the 1950s. We sat there in the theater just, just shattered. Uh, it was, well, it was a shock, let us say that. Uh, it was kind of, well, Angels in America has been the most recent uh, hinge, historical hinge in the theater. But anyway, today in an age when more and more writers are willing just to write what society wishes to read, Beckett uh, stands very much alone in the desert of revolt in the recent past. With each phrase he gnaws once more on the existential bone. <laughs> Here's the final Irishman. I remember, I think, reading that his his wife or the partner he was living with was the one who had to take his works round to the publishers. He never did it, but someone somewhere saw to it that he he found print. Uh, anyway... Ah, uh, I think today I'll I'll just use the the bits and pieces that I've put together from time to time over the years. Uh, I think of them as an internal monologue. Once upon a time, the great actor Jack McGowan, late actor, uh, uh, you would recognize him if you saw him in the pictures. But Jack McGowan is not familiar to most people. But uh, once on. Uh, what was then uh, Channel 9 KQED television, Jack McGowan performed his own favorite collage of Beckett's prose and poetry. And I've kept that and so many of my own favorites. Uh, uh, Jack called his montage or collage beginning to end. Uh his pieces, yes, his pieces, well, Beckett, of course, Beckett expresses the searing tenderness of memory, that grim walk through the space and the time leading to death and the soul's cease. Beckett wrote, quote, we have time to grow old. The air is full of our cries. But habit is a great deadener. At me too, someone is looking. Of me too, someone is saying. He is sleeping. He knows nothing. Let him sleep on. <laughs> this first section is from uh, his novel Malloy uh, all these pieces are from the novels Malloy Malone Dies and The Unnameable those three novels uh, in the main uh, they all are published by Grove Press there may be more recent publications, but 1955 Grove Press uh, has the the works that I'm uh, reading. Uh, 
says here, translated from the French by Patrick Bowles in collaboration with the author. Although the author claims to have published, uh, well, to have translated his own works when they were published uh, in New York. Uh, anyway, Beckett's novel, Molloy, he begins... I am in my mother's room. It is I who live there now. I don't know how I got there. Perhaps in an ambulance. Certainly a vehicle of some kind. I was helped. I never have got there alone. There's this man who comes every week. Perhaps I got there thanks to him. He says not. He gives me money and takes away the pages. So many pages. So much money, yes. I work now, a little like I used to, except that I don't know how to work anymore. That doesn't matter, apparently. What I'd like now is to speak of the things that are left. Say my goodbyes. Finish dying. They don't want that. Yes, yes, there is more than one, apparently, but it is always the same one that comes. You'll do that later, he says. Good. Uh, The truth is, I haven't much will left. When he comes for the fresh pages... He brings back the previous weeks. They are marked with signs I don't understand. Anyway, I don't read them. When I've done nothing, he gives me nothing. He scolds me, yet I don't work for money. For what, then? I don't know. The truth is, I don't know much. For example, my mother's death. Was she already dead when I came, or did she only die later? I mean, enough to bury. I don't know. Perhaps they haven't buried her yet. In any case, I have her room. I sleep in her bed. I have taken her place. I must resemble her more and more. All I need now is a son. Perhaps I have one somewhere, but I think not. He would be old now, nearly as old as myself. Mm -hmm. It was a, a little chambermaid. It wasn't true, love. The true love was in another. We'll come to that. Her name? I've forgotten it again, it seems to me, sometimes, that I even knew my son. That I helped him. Then I tell myself it's impossible. It's impossible I could ever have helped anyone. I've forgotten how to spell two and half the words. 
doesn't matter, apparently. Good. <laughs> He's a queer one, that one who comes to see me. He comes every Sunday, apparently. The other days, he isn't free. He's always thirsty. <laughs> it was he told me I'd begun all wrong, that I should have begun differently. <laughs> he must be right. I began at the beginning. Imagine that. Here's my beginning. I took a lot of trouble with it. Here it is. It gave me a lot of trouble. It was the beginning, do you understand? Whereas now, it's nearly the end. Is what I do now any better? I don't know. That's beside the point. Here is my beginning. It must mean something, or they wouldn't keep it. Here it is. <laughs> Not only am I left here now in this room, but I am looked after. This is how it is done now. A door half opens, a hand puts a dish on the little table left there for that purpose. Takes away the dish of the previous day. The door closes again. It is soup. They must know I am toothless. When my chamber pot is full, I put it on the table beside the dish. Then I go 24 hours without a pot. Oh, no, I have two pots. They have thought of everything. I'm naked in the bed, in the blankets, whose number I increase and diminish as the seasons go. I am never hot, never cold. I don't wash, but I don't get dirty. <laughs> oh, if I get dirty somewhere, I, I rub the part with my finger wet with spittle. What matters is to eat and, uh, and excrete. Dish and pot. A dish and pot. Ha! These are the poles. In the beginning it was different. In the beginning the woman came right into the room, bustled about, inquired about my needs, my wants. I succeeded in the end in getting them into her head, my needs and my wants. It was not easy. She did not understand until the day I found the terms, the accents that fitted her. All that must be half imagination. It was she who got me this long stick. It has a hook at one end. How great is my debt to sticks. So great that I almost forget the blows they had transferred to me. She is an old woman and I don't know why she's good to me. Oh, yes. Let us call it goodness without quibbling. I believe her to be even older than I, but uh, rather less well-preserved in spite of her mobility. <laughs> Perhaps 
Perhaps she goes with the room in a manner of speaking. All I see of her now is the gaunt hand, a part of the sleeve, not even that, not even that. Perhaps she is dead, having predeceased me. Perhaps now it is another's hand that lays and clears my little table. I don't know how long I have been here. I must have said so. I shall not give up yet. I have finished my soup. But it is this time I took a little rest for safety's sake. Uh, hmm. I don't like those gull's eyes. They remind me of an old shipwreck. I forget which. I know it is a small thing, but I'm easily frightened now. I know those little phrases that seem so innocuous, and once you let them in, pollute the whole of speech. Nothing is more real than nothing. They rise up out of the pit and know no rest until they drag you down into the dark. But I am on my guard now. Live and invent. I have tried. I must have tried. Invent. Oh, it is not the word. Neither is live. No matter. I have tried. While within me the wild beast of earnestness padded up and down, roaring, raving, rending. I have done that. In the toils of earnestness that has been my disease, I was born grave as other syphilitic. And gravely I struggle to be grave no more, to live, to invent. But at each fresh attempt... I lost my head, fled to my shadows as to sanctuary, to his lap who can neither live nor suffer the sight of others living. <laughs> hmm. From now on it will be different. I must have thought about my timetable during the night. I think I shall be able to tell myself four stories, each one on a different theme. One about a man, another about a woman, a third about a thing, and finally one about an animal, a bird probably. I think that is everything. Perhaps I shall put the man and the woman in the same story. There is so little difference between a man and a woman. Between mine, I mean. Perhaps I shall not have time to finish. On the other hand, perhaps I shall finish too soon. So, first of all, my stories, and then last of all, if all goes well, my inventory. All my life long I have put off this reckoning, saying, too soon, too soon. Well, it is still too soon all my life long. I have dreamt of the moment when, edified at last, in so far as one can be, before all is lost, I might draw the line and make the tote. This moment seems now at hand. I shall not lose my head on that account, and I shall begin that they may plague me no more. With that man and that woman, there will be the first story. There is not matter there for two. There will therefore be only 
three stories after all. That one, uh, then the one about the animal, and then the one about the thing. A stone, probably. This time, I know where I am going. It is no longer the ancient night, the recent night. Now it is a game I am going to play. I never knew how to play till now. I longed to, but I knew it was impossible, yet I often tried. I turned on all the lights. I took a good look all around. I began to play with what I saw. People and things ask nothing better than to play. Certain animals, too. All went well at first. They all came to me, pleased that someone should want to play with them. If I said, now I need a hunchback, immediately one came running, proud as punch of his fine hunch that was going to perform. It did not occur to him that I might have to ask him to undress. It was not long before I found myself alone in the dark. That is why I gave up trying to play and took it to myself. Forever shapelessness and speechlessness. Hmm. In curious wondering, darkness, long stumbling with outstretched arms, hiding, such is the earnestness from which, for nearly a century now, I have never been able to depart. (laughs) Present state, three stories, inventory there. An occasional interlude is to be feared, a full program. I shall not deviate from it any further than I must. So much for that, I feel I'm making a great mistake present state, right. This room seems to be mine. I can find no other explanation to my being left in it all this time, unless it be at the behest of the powers that be. That is hardly likely. Why should the powers have changed in their attitude towards me? A bright light is not necessary. A taper is all one needs to live in strangeness if it faithfully burns. Perhaps I came in for the room on the death of whoever was in it before me. I inquire no further in any case. It is not a room in a hospital or in a madhouse. I can feel that. It is an ordinary room. I have little experience of rooms, but this one seems quite ordinary to me. The truth is, if I did not feel myself dying... I could well believe myself dead, expiating my sins, or in one of heaven's mansions. But I feel at last that the sands are running out, which would not be the case if I were in heaven or in hell, beyond the grave. (laughs) The sensation of being beyond the grave was stronger with me six months ago had it been foretold to me that one day I should feel myself living as I do today I should have smiled it would not have been noticed but I I would have known 
I was smiling. <laughs> I tell myself, he'll come back. And then, and then he couldn't, he's gone too far. Then all kinds of fantasies that I'm being watched now a rat steps repel. Then I'll babble, babble words like the solitary child who turns himself into children, two, three, so as to be together and whisper together in the dark, moment upon moment. And all life long you wait for that to mount up to a life. Oh, God, let's get it over, Christ. Poor old, love the old earth. My earth and my father's and my mother's and my father's father's and my mother's mother's and my father's mother's and my mother's father's and my father's mother's father's and my mother's father's mother's and everyone else's father's and mother's and excrement. Oh, and the crocuses and the mimosas turning green every year a week before the others, and the pastures red with uneaten sheep's placentas and the long summer days and the new mown hay, the wood pigeon in the morning, cuckoo in the afternoon, corn crake in the evening, wasps in the jam, the look of the gorse, the smell of the gorse, the apples falling, the children walking in the dead leaves, the lilacs turning brown a week before the others, chestnuts falling, howling winds, sea breaking over the pier, first fires, hooves on the road, the consumptive postman whistling that roses are blooming in Picardy, and the standard oil lamp, and of course the snow, to be sure the sleet, and bless your heart, the slush. And every fourth year the February debacle, and the endless April showers, and the crocuses, and then the whole bloody business starting all over again. And if I was to begin it all over again, knowing what I know now, the result would be the same. And if I was to begin again a third time, knowing what I would know then, the result would be the same. And if I was to begin it all over again a hundred times, knowing each time a little more than the time before, the result would always be the same in the hundredth life as the first, and a hundred lives as one, a cat's flux. They said to me, that's love. Yes, yes, not a doubt. Now you see how easy it is. They said to me, that's friendship. Yes. No question you found it, they said to me. Here is the place. Stop, raise your head, and look at all that beauty in that order. They said to me, come now, you're not a brute beast. Think upon these things, and you'll see how all becomes clear and simple. They said to me, what skilled attention they get. All these dying of their wounds... I say to myself, sometimes you must learn to suffer better than that. 
if you want them to weary of punishing you one day. I say to myself, sometimes you must be there better than that if you want them to let you go one day. But I feel too old and too far to form new habits. Good, I'll never end, I'll never go. Suddenly one day it ends, it changes, I don't understand, it dies or it's me. I don't understand that either. I ask the words that remain, sleeping, waking, morning, evening, they have nothing to say. I open the door of the cell and go. I'm so bowed, I only see my feet if I open my eyes. And between my legs, a little trail of black dust. I say to myself that the earth is extinguished, though I never saw it lit. It's easy going when I drop. I'll weep for happiness. This has been Jennifer Stone reading to you from Samuel Beckett. I will be back on the air next week at the same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. The 20th anniversary Hillsburg Jazz Festival, June 1st through the 10th, celebrates with a blowout lineup with a tribute to Jerry Allen, with Robbie Coltrane, Dave Holland, and Terry Lee Carrington, a festival all-star band that includes Bobby Watson, Chico Freeman, and Asar Lawrence, Dr. Michael White's original Liberty Jazz Band, and more on the second weekend. Visit hillsburgjazz.org to see the full 10-day lineup. This event is wheelchair accessible, co-sponsored by KPFA. You're listening to KPFA 94.1 and KPFB 89.3 in Berkeley, KFCF 88.1 in Fresno, and K248BR 97.5 in Santa Cruz. You can stream KPFA online or listen to our archive shows anytime at kpfa.org.